0: As always, it's so good to be with you. How we doing, church? I read something interesting this week in our Sunday visitor newspaper. Did you know this? During Lent, McDonald's will sell 13 and a half million pounds of fish. That's a lot of fish, isn't it? I, I guess I suppose you could say that when you're at a restaurant during Lent, the menu will always seem a little fishy. Possible? Well, that's a lot of fish. Well, today we come to a story that most of us know by heart. We've heard it so many times and thought about it. It's the transfiguration of Jesus. It's a powerful story. And it has tremendous impact in our lives personally for today. And because there's so many facets, beautiful facets to this story, sometimes one of the parts that's often glossed over uh, happens to be the idea of God's glory seeing the glory of God in his presence in this situation. Did you know this? That whenever God's glory is visibly seen, that God is present, whenever the glory, there's God. God is there. Uh, Sometimes we also call that part of it a theophany. But it's all there, and it's beautiful. So what I want us to do this morning is spend a few minutes exploring God's glory and presence and the immense inspiration that it offers each one of us this morning during this season of Lent. Well, to begin with, a a good place to start is the Holy Scriptures. And the Holy Scriptures are full of instances where God's glory and presence are experienced. I bet you could name a few of them. But here's something that's interesting about God's glory. Uh, whenever it's referred to in that way, it is a visible manifestation. It's something that you can see. It's tangible. Not only, you know, and not only, uh, like in the situation with uh, the Israelites in Egypt, but uh, not only the Israelites but also Egypt as well. They saw it. But there's typically there's four visible manifestations. If you study the scriptures, that uh, the a combination of them or just one of them. Is present when God's glory is revealed. You know what they are? Cloud, fire, smoke, and light. Whenever God's presence, you'll find one of those things. What's present today in the transfiguration? Which one is it? I just told you. Cloud. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. See, God is there, God is present. But interestingly enough, light is the greatest manifestation. That's the one that you see the most times being presented. And that's particularly true in the New Testament. Well, let's look at a couple examples of God's glory. First one is Moses, uh, when he saw the burning bush. The bush was on fire, wasn't it? Oh, there's that word in it. The bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. And when Moses goes to check it out, God says, stop, take your shoes off, buddy. You're walking on holy ground because I'm here. And he begins to talk to God. Another one is when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt and they went to the Mount Horeb where God said, that's the first place I want you to go. Well, what happens? Well, we're told in the scripture that this big mountain, that a massive cloud, there's that word in it, comes down upon the top of the mountain, and within that, it says, the children of Israel saw fire. And what does Moses do? He goes into the cloud, and he, and God speaks to him from the cloud. God's presence, God's glory. I like this one real well. It's uh, when the Israelites now, they're headed towards the promised land. Oh, they didn't have a road map. They didn't have GPS. They didn't know where they were going how are they going to get to where they were going well God's going to lead them and that's what he does how does he lead them a pillar of cloud that's how he leads them here's a pillar it, it was how the pillar of cloud was always at the front because it was leading the people where they need to go I, it's a wonderful thing during the day I mean this this massive pillar of cloud that's what it was And uh, not only did it lead them, but it also provided them shade. It's hot in the desert, isn't it? When you like to have a cloud over your head when you're wandering in the desert? And there's the interesting, too, at night, the cloud would come on fire. There's that word, isn't it? And it would lead them during the night if they were to travel ahead in the night. Another one is the temple. We see a, a lot of illustrations of that. In the, in the temple, it says that when God's glory appeared, God's presence, it came in the form of smoke. There's smoke. Sometimes they said the smoke was so thick in the temple that the priest couldn't even go inside of it. That's how much it was. Isn't that something? And then we find today's reading. Well, Jesus becomes dazzling, not only as clothes, but him as a great light, doesn't it? A great light. And then after that, what do we see? God, the cloud, here comes the cloud, right? And God speaks in the cloud. He says, what does he say? He says, this is my son whom I love. But to me, the one that I love the most, maybe it's because I'm looking forward to it someday, is what John recorded in in the last chapters of Revelation. He says that as he was there, he said there was no need for sun or a moon. We love having the sun here today, don't we? There was no need for that. Why? Because the light of the glory of God would light the heavenly city up. There's the glory. And with the glory comes the presence. And there is God. And God is with them in a very special way. Because it says it's day and night and it never goes out. Man, that's powerful. I could give you all kinds of references to God's glory. There's many examples and illustrations of it. But uh, to me, it leads to another question, very important question. What is God's glory? You know, we see it. We know that when we see it, God's there. But what is it? What does it represent? What is it that's radiating from God? What is it that we see? Well, we're very fortunate. Because on another occasion with Moses, uh, we see God tells us what his glory is. What he is radiating. You might know what that is yourself. But it's interesting. Uh, God appears to Moses and uh, Moses says, Lord, will you let me see you? Can I see you, Lord? And the Lord says, okay. I'll cause my glory or my goodness to pass in front of you. What is God's glory? It's his goodness, isn't it? It's his goodness. God is sheer goodness, isn't it? Isn't he? And so this is the answer to what is God's glory. It is his goodness. God is so good, isn't he? Wow, think about that. And we know we we feel that sense of goodness because when God did, whenever God came whenever his glory was there and he was present he was always doing something good for example when israel was lost and they were wandering aimlessly through the wilderness it was the goodness of god that led them to the promised land or what do we see in today's reading? the disciples were really tore up they were tore up big time they needed some of the goodness of god Jesus had told them just a few days earlier that he was going to suffer and die. Well, that's, that was drop, dropping a bombshell. They were depressed, man. What are they going to do? Jesus recognized it. He said, I need to, I'm going to boost their spirits. I'm going to show them God's glory. Isn't that something? Well, now you might be saying right now, Lord, will you let me see your goodness so that I can believe that you're with me today? Any situations in your life where you think, God, I need to see you. I really need to see you. I need to know that you're there. I need to know that you're in my corner. So let me ask you, do you want to see the goodness of God this morning? It's not a problem. I can show it to you. Would you like to see it? Well, one of the first ways we can see it is we go back to the story. And we see it in Jesus. Jesus lights up. Now he's not a reflect—he's not reflecting God. He is the radiance. <laughs> you know, Jesus is making a powerful statement. He's making—he's uh, making a really powerful statement that he is God in the flesh. Jesus is affirming to them he is the second person in the Holy Trinity. You want to see God? Here he is. Boom. Wouldn't you love to see that radiance that he did? See, Jesus is acknowledging the wonderful reality that he is the fullness of God's goodness. I like how John put it, Jesus is our glory, Jesus is our light. Think about it, what's our need? Well, through God's goodness, he's reconciled us to himself, hasn't he? In order that you and I can be called the friends of God. But God's goodness doesn't stop there. There's going to be some more at this point. They had not seen this other part. We've seen it, and we live it. What is the other part of light that radiates? What is the glory or the brightness that we know that God is present and with us? It's the Holy Spirit. And where does the Holy Spirit live? Within you. Man. You're radiating, aren't you? you no, know, uh, Paul would go on later to talk about that, how that we radiate this glory, not as it's our glory, but we're a luminary of it, like a moon. We radiate that glory. Is that enough? Can you, can you see how that God's goodness? Well, I'll give you one more. Just in a few minutes, we'll see the actual presence of Jesus right here. He's going to be right here in just a few moment, minutes. Minutes. Radiating the glory of God's presence, meeting our need to be restored to God. Isn't that wonderful? Well, we need to capture that vision of God and we need to walk with it in our lives because it has implications. And I guess the implication is this what are we supposed to do in light of seeing the glory of God? in in light of seeing the goodness of God and knowing that God is present with us did you know this? there's only two things that you can do and you can't plan them you can't prompt them they're going to happen spontaneously every situation in the scriptures where the glory of God was manifest and God spoke these two things happened they always have, they always will you know what they are? one is the reason we're created when we catch a vision of God, when we capture a sense of the glory of God and that God is present, there's only one thing we can do. You know what it is? Praise. Glory and praise go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. What did the disciples do when they caught the, captured the vision of God? They hit the ground, didn't they? They hit the ground face down. And they begin to worship God. And Peter says, Lord, we need to set up some tents here so we can worship you here. This is good. I don't want to leave here. I don't want to go back down the mountain. And that's something? Praise. And the other one is that as we experience the glory of God in our lives, it empowers us to go on with life. It strengthens us to go on and do what we got to do. Do you know when they were going back down the mountain... They weren't, they, they weren't upset. They weren't depressed like they were when they went up the mountain. They had seen the glory of God. And it radiated. They didn't talk about it anymore. They went down, and what'd they do? They ministered to the people. Well, you might say, well, that's a, you know, that's that's sort of an insulated or isolated case. No, it's not. It is proven over and over and over again that we, when we strive for the radiance of God, the glory of God to live in our lives through the power of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will live a life of praise. It's inevitable. It's spontaneous. You can't stop it. You will Live a life of praise. You will be empowered to do things that are just totally you're not capable of doing otherwise. Isn't that something? Yeah. I think that's why uh, the church inserts this story during Lent. I think it's a good thing. Because here's what happens during Lent. We're called to retreat with Jesus and capture a sense of his glory, of his goodness, which leads us spontaneously, first of all, to praise him, and then second of all, to be empowered to do things, to perform extraordinary feats that no one could ever, ever dream of doing. So I'm here this morning to challenge you to extraordinary feats. Because God is empowering you. I'm here to challenge you. I'm not here to challenge you to stop eating a chocolate bar. I'm challenging you to do something big because you can. Let me give you a few challenges this morning. And ask yourself, is God God capable of doing this in my life? Is God capable of re-energizing those areas in your life which have crept into the cave of gloom and doom? Is he capable? Is he? Oh, absolutely. Is God capable of reinvigorating my desire to enter each day confident that through his grace, I will be able to maintain a positive perspective on life no matter what I go through? Is that possible? absolutely is it possible that through God and the glory of God and radiating in my life that I can reclaim love that has grown cold or dormant in my life is it possible absolutely what about restoring order and balance in in my life maybe my life's all mixed up this morning it's in a state of chaos can God restore order and balance absolutely Can God resurrect the passion that you once had for bringing out the best in yourself, the goodness in yourself, without a shadow of a doubt? Is God capable in this world that's so mixed up today to allow you to recover the ability to laugh and be joy-filled? Possible? Yes. God is deeply beautiful. God is deeply good. Let's let's tap into that. Let's tap into the glory of God in our lives today and be empowered in ways that are beyond our imagination. Do you believe it? Think about it today when you see in just a few moments the visible presence of our Lord. God bless all of you.